It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Good God Almighty, it is 80 degrees, we're all wearing shorts, and no one is remembering that the NFL draft is in less than two weeks. I couldn't believe this. This keeps happening every time that I I think we come on the air, and that's uh, all due to, one, the Eagles are Super Bowl champions. I don't know if you forgot about that or not, fellas, but uh, Flyers with an incredible win last night. Sixers playoff game starts uh, tonight against the Heat, primetime at 8 o'clock. And uh, normally we're all we're all yammering at the uh, you know at mock drafts and at a bunch of other different stuff. And I think it's due time that we get into it today. John Barcher, Brandon Lee, Gout, and of course Trey Thomas, all here with you. BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four BLG. How you feeling, buddy? I want the Eagles to draft. Well, I'm not going to say it right now. Oh, we will be getting into it though. I think there's going to be a pound the table moment here though, Trey, because. <laughs> We're going to go through here, and we want everybody else to get involved too. That's our that's our main question. You know, let's let's think about this for a, for a minute because, like I said, uh, you know, we're we're already into day two uh, in two weeks at this point. So, Trey, uh, how are you feeling today? And and are you uh, are you going to the table for any particular position? Oh uh, yeah, for the just Eagles? tossing around a couple of ideas. Yeah. Feeling awesome though, man. Just a beautiful day outside. Was able to go out and play a little golf. How's the golf game, by the way? You know what? I left some divots out yeah. there. You know, I had some good <laughs> shots. There were some good shots, and there were some bad shots. It was around the golf, you know. Yeah. Had well, because day. you were you were trying to work on that during the cold, and now that it's yeah, hot, you're yeah, just trying to you get you know the just down. trying to get it around, get my timing down. Uh, you know, I bought these new red Callaway balls that are pretty cool. You know, I'm like one of those guys that you know I can't go in the golf smith or anything like that because <laughs> I end up just always buying something. But just an amazing time to just be right here in Philly right now. I mean. Gabe Kapler right now is seven and five. You know, we got to some, still fire him. You know? Yeah, you know, it's starting <laughs> to put together some wins. You know, Flyers are doing their thing. You know, they they came back and got a win. 
And, you know, and, and we get to see what the um, Sixers are going to be able to do tonight. Yeah, and I'm really I, I, just looking forward to just being able to sit down and just watch Philadelphia work. I'm I'm pumped. I'm ready to rock yeah. and roll with that. And uh, But we got to keep an eye on the draft. Yep. And get ready what, for the draft. That's what we're going to do today. 888-729-9494. Gentlemen, uh, I'm going to make my first selection, and I'm going to pound the table for this guy. With the 32nd pick, the Philadelphia Eagles have selected running back from LSU, Darius Geis. I think this is a must-have guy on your offense. I don't think this is a sneaky need anymore. I don't think we're talking about like running backs, and you have uh, Corey Clement, who's listen is, is going to live in Super Bowl lore forever, and he's had a fantastic season. He's had a fantastic story. You have, obviously, Jay Ajayi, who I was flipping out about during the season. I declared the Super Bowl run was going to start once that move happened. I love both of those guys. You lost LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, you need as much firepower on offense as possible still to keep track of the Rams, the Vikings, the uh, you know the 49ers. The, the, I was about to say the Raiders there for a second, but they're not going to come into the equation at any point during this. I think you need to match fire on fire here and i want a guy that has the ability to at least to carry the load which he's certainly done he's a game breaker he's a guy that is uh you know was was for a long time saying like oh he's going to be he's going to be so much better than leonard fournette which i still don't believe but at 32 when we talk about running backs in the first round we all get a little weird about it and i don't think you should get weird about this guy darius geis is my guy uh, I, I, you know, I know that the immediate need on this team is is offensive tackle. If you're going to probably make an argument for it, um, and and this is where I'm going, BLG. I, I think I'm I'm convinced that Darius is the guy. Well, Johnny, I hate to say it, oh no, but I do agree with you. Oh, hey, <laughs> yeah, so, there we go. I think when you look at the Eagles' pre-draft interest in Darius guys, I think it's legit. You know, a lot of people want to say, oh, it could be smokescreen. It's too obvious. I don't think that's the case. The Eagles showed a ton of interest in Dalvin Cook last year. And they wanted him. They were reportedly willing to trade up. Obviously, they didn't make the move. They're kind of limited on picks, so it was kind of a tough decision for them. They didn't do it. But Dalvin Cook went at 41. If they're willing to take him around there, I can't see why they wouldn't be willing to take Darius Geis around nine picks higher, eight picks higher at 32. So I think Darius Geis is definitely in play there. The only thing to me is that I guess I'm not expecting him to be there. I'm not counting on it. I don't think it's impossible because you're looking at these mock draft situations. You look at Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft. He's falling there. I did a mock draft roundup for bleedinggreennation.com. There are a number of mock drafts that have Geis making it down there to 32. Again, it's not a sure bet, so I wouldn't count on him being there, but adding him would be great. I mean, like you just said, John, you look at Jay Ajayi, we pretty much know he's gone after this year. Yeah, you look at Wendell Smallwood. You like you don't know if he's going to make the team for sure. He's not. And Let me just put that we'll out. see. He's not we'll make see. The team. And then Donnell Pumphrey, same thing. So you have all these guys that are. There's a lot of question marks there. And again, Corey Clement could be a great player, but he can't be your only guy. Like, if, I, and that's not even again. That's not disrespecting Corey Clement. How dare you? This is a this is a team that likes to use a rotation of running backs. And I think getting Darius Geis in there would be a great weapon. You're bringing Carson Wentz back from ACL and LCL surgery, what better way to welcome back him into the offense with a running game where it's not just him having to throw the ball all game long? Yeah, uh, and I like that approach too, and it's not uh, necessarily like a, a very much in the way of like, well, you know, uh, Dak needs Zeke or, or whatever. We've we've been through the scenarios a long time, and I don't think that this is like a, a Todd Gurley type of 
type of situation either where he's going to be an absolute game breaker. But Trey, I mean, mm-hmm. just looking at this uh, from this afternoon, so I compiled just everything from East-West Shrine game, from Senior Bowl, combine visits, official visits. The, the Eagles have visited 10 running backs already. I think it is a priority in their mind. If I said Darius Geis from LSU, are you okay with that at 32? Or I'll even throw this out there, possibly even trading up maybe a few spots with limited picks that they have already to go get them. Uh, I don't, you know, to me, I, I, I side on the air that you need to work on your protection in that offensive line, especially where you have Wentz coming back off of the knee surgery and you're not really sure how Jason Peters is going to come back if he goes down or even if something happens with Vitae or even if something happens to Wisniewski, you have a problem. So you need to get some depth on that offensive line. I understand that, okay, you want to bring a running back in, let's add some more weapons. You already have a nice you know, group of guys that can kind of complement each other. But for me, I want to see, see an offensive line that can protect, Wentz, especially on that left side, because that side is where the need for Wentz is. He injured his left knee. Yeah. That's going to be his planning foot. That's going to be the knee that's going to be exposed most of the time. And that's where you want to make sure that that side is firm. So for me, at that pick, first round draft pick, I would like to go Martinez Rankin. Wow, how about that? We can all right. Yeah. Let's let's lock that in. Motion. Yeah. There yeah. it is. It's yeah. official that yes. uh, Trey I'm, Trey Thomas is is going to lock in yes. uh, an offensive tackle right yes. there. At Surprising, right? Yeah, yes, of, of course. You know, I'm all about that. You know, but also this is a kid that when I go back and I watch his film. You know, he seems to me out of all the other guys that are on there that he's he's one that can step in and be ready to play first year in. This is not a developmental guy. This is someone that and he has the size where he can play either tackle or he can bump down and play guard, which is a good hybrid that we could use on that offensive line to kind of fill in some spots and give some depth. All right, BLG, uh, Trey goes with the offensive tackle. That's been another, I mean, like really big interest to the Eagles. I think they have eight. They've visited eight. It's the uh, third most of visits. They visited 10 corners there as well. Offensive tackle makes a ton of sense at 32. I'm not sure about that particular selection that Trey just made, but uh, to me, here's here's where I get uh, uh, the philosophy in what what we think the Eagles should and uh, or should do. I, I I think they need an impact player at in the first round. I really do. Is that, I think they just need a, a guy that contributes right away. Of like them having the Super Bowl window is that your argument? Like they they have this window where they need to get a guy who can play now. Uh, uh, yes, and it, it, and also for the long term, it needs to fit both of those uh, check marks. Not that an offensive tackle doesn't, because you're a year away from more than likely having to start that guy right. or having him compete with Vitae. Maybe mm. you even need him this season because, obviously, you know, Jason Peters was injured last year. Um, offensive tackle does make a lot of sense to me. Does it make a lot of sense to you? I think it would be the ideal pick. Like, if there was a guy there that, like, they loved, I think, mm. yeah, no-brainer. Like, you get that guy. Now, it's a situation where someone asked me uh, about, like, okay, why am I not okay with taking a tight end? Because I don't think that guy would play a lot, but I'm okay with taking a tackle, and that mm-hmm. guy wouldn't necessarily play a lot. Like The difference there, as John just pointed out, is that Jason Peters could be done after this year. 
Uh, and then you have Lane Johnson, who is one suspension away, as we always say, from missing two years. That would be <laughs> devastating to yeah. Supplements are like, out You there, have to you know? plan for that. And Stick with the Bud Light, the meat, and the water. Please, yes. Lane. <laughs> Please, Lane. Yeah. And then you look at Big V, and look, maybe he could be a future starter. Mm-hmm. But And if that's the case, great. Then, like Trey said, maybe you can take that guy, you can bump him in to guard, mm-hmm. because, look, Wisniewski... Uh, wasn't like their first choice at guard. He played well last year, but he, you know, they they had Samalo uh, out out there on the field before him. They also tried Chance Wormack before him, and that's a guy who's only signed uh, for one more year after this season. So he's not necessarily the long term forever guy there. So getting an offensive tackle and just looking at how this team got to the Super Bowl, it was investing in the trenches and making mm-hmm. sure that unit is strong. Like I know it's not the exciting pick in the short term. But how like like how can you not like that? And in, in terms of like that was what they built their success on. And another thing, it does have a value in the short term because what if it's a situation like last year where Jason Peters goes down, mm-hmm. then you know you're looking at Vitai and Peters or and Johnson as your starting tackles. And who was the third guy? They had to bring in Will Beatty. At one yeah. point, it was Taylor Hart. They had Taylor Hart, <laughs> who's back again. By the he's way, back again. <laughs> he's the only surviving member of the 2014 draft class. Somehow, he was their number three defensive tackle at one or offensive tackle at number one point. So having that guy in there just for that is valuable. And he was a converted defensive lineman. Yeah. Yes. So, so I mean, you know, come on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So are you saying there's no hope with uh, with our good friend Taylor Hart at all? Uh, like, why would they? Here's my question about that. And not to say that he's going to be a, a viable spot in there. Why would they continually bring him back? I feel like that's saying it, Stoutland is going to these guys. I'm really close. Let's just see what happens. Give him another year. And then after that, like, why, why is Taylor Hart keep coming back? You're here? just bringing in a body that might be familiar with something that about the plays, you know, especially when you brought him in. It was late in the season. You need someone that kind of understands what's going on in the playbook. Uh, I personally, I have not watched enough of him. When he did first switch over, you could just tell like the technique just wasn't there. But I mean, which is expected when you're looking at someone that was a defensive lineman for all those years and Mm -hmm. trying to switch over to offensive tackle. But he has some of the athleticism. Yeah, he has some of the athleticism. But there's a timing that has to happen. There is, it's just certain stuff that you just have to go through at the offensive tackle position that no one can teach you. You're just going to have to learn it, you know, and they can give you all the examples you want and you can drill it. But until you're put into that bell mode or that little small little thing that happens as an offensive tackle, you you just have to get your lumps. And I don't think that he's there yet. Because, I mean, even if you're doing all the training in the gyms and with these other guys, wherever it is, it's not full game speed. And right now we can't chance that when you have a quarterback that's coming back off of a knee surgery yeah, that's on that left knee. And, uh, yeah, coming from a guy who just sat in a frog stance his entire collegiate career to being like, yeah. okay, uh, be, be a little more agile there. Yeah, there we go. So I, I've been meaning to ask you guys. This is Mosh, in, by the way, because he didn't introduce hi, what's himself. what's going yeah. on? <laughs> Where's this voice coming from? Mosh behind the glass today, yeah. You guys are talking mostly offensive tackle. Trey, I really like the guy that you selected. I, I've watched a bit of tape on him, but especially because of the fact that he might be able to bump inside to guard. Mm-hmm. For, do you guys think if if you're if it's up between offensive tackle and offensive guard, which is the more pressing concern for this team? BLG, you mentioned the depth or the lack of depth at offensive tackle, which you do have a teeny bit of depth at offensive guard yeah. with Brandon Brooks, Wiz, and then if Chance and Sayamalu can actually play. But to me, after Brandon Brooks, there's just an utter lack of desirable talent. Mm-hmm. Nothing against Steven Wisniewski. But he's not the guy that you want to be the offense, the left guard going forward for this team. 
I'd say offensive guard and offensive tackle are equally important. Interesting. And, you know, the age of Jason Peters is is tough, but I think Big V is showing you enough that he could do it for enough time until that guy does come around. Yeah, I think that's why you would want to get a guy like Connor Williams, who uh, I don't know if we'll make it to 32, but that would almost be an ideal pick because you're like, all right, we like this guy. We'll see if he can work at tackle. And then if he doesn't, mm-hmm. we can fit him in at guard, and then it's kind of no big deal at that point. It's like it's not like, oh, he didn't work out at tackle, and now he's just this big bust, and he can't fit him in anywhere. He might be able to play tackle. You look at his athleticism. He's a great athlete, but you know doesn't have the longest arms for his position, so that's always a concern. Isn't like the doesn't have the the height that an ideal tackle necessarily has. So that's and that's why there is some talk about him moving to the inside. But that's something that I like to think about in terms of okay, you take this guy and it might not work out exactly as you wanted, but you have that fallback plan. And that's something else that I want to get into at another position later. Well, yeah, we uh, actually we can get that into that in a little bit. But and Trey, is that kind of a trend that you are starting to see in most offensive linemen now or is it more specialized like hey I'm a right tackle I'm going to play right tackle or do you have to be a guy like Isaiah Wynn who's I can play guard I can play center and I can also play tackle at the same time well well most of the time when you're looking at uh, at tackles you're looking to see okay can I bump him down to guard you know um and that's why you look at most professional offensive guards I'm thinking played tackle when they were in college yeah you know, uh, you look at uh, Zach Martin that came out That's of right. um, Notre Dame. He was yeah. a he was a tackle. Brandon uh, Sheriff, yeah, from? tackle <laughs> from yeah. <laughs> so, so there you go. So so a lot of guys, uh, Todd Harriman's, he was a Same tackle way. when he yeah, was in college. Right. So you know, you have guys that you look at their technique and you say, okay, you know what, I can bump him down the guard, especially if he has that height. If he's around that six five, six six range, six four, that's someone that you know, okay, I can put him down there and guard. Because once you get up to about six six, six seven, then now you're a little too tall to be inside just like because us. the action, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> the action is just a little too quick for your height. You know, you put like King Dunlap down there at guard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a problem. You know, yeah. when you're six nine, yeah. you know, that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, and that's that's kind of the theory that you should always kind of go by when you're thinking about these things. All all tackles can play guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, all guards ne- necessarily can't play no, tackle. They can all play tackle. Centers can play guard, but ne- not necessarily all guards can't play center. Like it's that kind of yeah. weird formula that keeps twisting uh-huh. around and doing that stuff. Things are not always mutually exclusive. Yeah, but yeah. I think we're all in agreement that getting a starting caliber offensive lineman, mm-hmm. no matter what the position, would be beneficial for the Eagles this draft. Yeah, yeah. the only reason why I would disagree with that at 32, certainly – in the later rounds, yeah. I mean, if you're going to go try and find some guys. Too, but. Yeah, I, absolutely. That's. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it's crazy how this team went from no guard depth to last year having what did it end up being before OTAs in, in training camp? Like 12 or, or t- 11 it was guards? Many. It was like, it was why ridiculous. is Kelsey still here? Yeah. <laughs> why did they resign Wiz? What's, yeah. What is going on? We kept. It. And then on top of that, then they had Warmack come in right at the end. Warmack. So you're going like, holy cow. And, mm-hmm. and BLG, you're right. I mean, they have... Uh, invested, I think, the most in the defensive and offensive line, yeah. more than anybody in the NFL. By far, that's how they that's how they won the Super Bowl. I, I know people are going to go, well, Nick Foles and Alshon Jeffrey and Corey Clement. Yes, absolutely, but they but kept why his did those butt things function. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. The the reason why you know they had such a success running the football with a bunch of different guys was because that offensive line as well. So, who are you taking at thirty two? Where do you want these Eagles? to concentrate all of their resources, even though they're kind of limited. And checking in on Twitter, too, it's the same thing. We put the question out there. You know, what What are you looking forward to? We're doing a BGN Radio mock draft. A lot of people, 
They're just coming and saying, I don't really care. Uh, I'll be fine with it. <laughs> they take with any, which is astoundingly crazy to me after all these. It is a new era in Philadelphia. Let me tell you that much because we would be screaming at each other for the last month about uh, uh, taking a wide receiver here. You're an idiot at this point. So we'll get into all that. Plus, BLG has his pick. And did the Cowboys did, in fact, screw up their cap management one more time? Yes, they did. Stay tuned for that. BGN Radio, John Barchard, Bradley Gowden, Trey Thomas, all here with you. Sports Radio 94 WIP. The all-new 94WIP.com. It's safe for work. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, yeah. Round, 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 round. Oh, yes. round. Put the uh, Put the convertible top down and have this just, uh, yeah. Around. Of course, if you're trying to, like, ride anywhere in Philadelphia right now, you're going to get stopped and you got to turn left at 70 times because there's, like, a million block parties going on right now. How did how did they all just decide today, like, hey, today's the day? Everybody was watching Doppler. <laughs> Kept their eyes on the, <laughs> you know, right. keeping their eyes on the weather the weather report. They were like, you know, it's going to be 80. <laughs> Let's just do this thing. Yes, yeah. we're going to party. So if you're trying to drive around in Santa City, my advice taking the train or an Uber or something like that where you don't have to... Not that we were certainly not yelling and cursing at people cutting us off uh, getting to the studio. It's BGN Radio. Uh, John Barchard, Brandley Gunton from BleedingGreenNation.com. Of course, the one and the only Trey Thomas joining us once again, as he does every Saturday. So far, one running back, one offensive tackle. We want to know where your head's at for the Eagles and, and where they need to go, either specific player or uh, position. We're going to keep track of them as we roll till three, and then we'll come up and see what uh, what the city of Philadelphia believes that the Eagles need to do to get back to another championship. Let's go to our good friend Rasheem in North Philly. What's up, bud? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. What's up, Rasheem? Trey, I'm with you. Um, I definitely think we should take our off the tackle. Look at oh, wait, the so real position. quick, let's 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 hit the music. So Rasheem yes! from Northeast Philly selects an offensive tackle. Uh any specific yep. one? Yep. Um, um, I don't have like a real specific one right mm-hmm. now just because I need to do a little bit more looking to it. I think running back is a luxury position. You look at the Eagles, running backs, not one running back was picked um, above the fourth round. So, so so I think that's a luxury position that that, you, that if you have a good offensive line, I don't care what running back you pick behind them, they're going to get yards. Um, um, I'm not opposed to trading back and actually acquiring more picks just because of the depth. That, that we have, and and I and I look at, and I'm kind of different because Wiz, I think everywhere he was at, if you look at Pro Football Focus, he was at least above average at the guard or center position. You look at his time in Oakland and his time in Jacksonville, he always well, he always produced. I think when you look at it, Isaiah Samalo was picked as a as a third round player. So when we brought uh, Wiz, and you're going to get the guy you're drafted first, the first chance to actually lose the job. So I don't care who started the season. Only the only thing I care about who's finished the season and Wiz. Oh yeah, the I, season I, I don't think that's one of the better guards in the NFL. Uh, that's right. That's just, not going to change, Rasheem. I mean, after that, I mean, right. we were all so, yelling for it at the beginning of the season. I don't know what <laughs> what took him so long there. Rasheem, I have a right. question for you, buddy. You were weren't yeah. you giving me crap for like saying? And that they should. I remember. Didn't we have an argument about this on Twitter about like how you know you didn't think they should draft a tackle because of Big V? Or am I mistaken? No, 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 no. I think we was arguing because I think that we should draft a third tackle. But I think Big V is definitely a starting caliber tackle because you've seen it at the end of the season. It's just that we don't have the depth there because if you look at it. Our third tackle was really was really Isaiah Sayamalo. You look at the games where when the stars came out, the Dallas game, Isaiah Sayamalo was a starting. Isaiah, he was yeah. starting at, at the right tackle position. So, so, so I definitely think we need depth there. So I, I'm not opposed to saying that there, 
just because I mean, just because Big V was picked in the fifth round, that he's not capable. Trey, what do you think? Is, is is Big V? Uh, uh, and I appreciate the call, Rasheem. Thanks, yeah. buddy. See a starting ca- uh, caliber tackle in this league. I, I, you know what, man? After watching how Big V developed, I I would say yes, because he has really grown a lot through those those games. Really helped him out. You know, he took his lumps early on in the, in the, in the games. And uh, you could just see that he continued to work on what was causing him problems, and he continued to get better. And I know that, you know, this offseason he's going to continue to watch film, continue developing, and I think that he's going to be – he can eventually be a starting offensive tackle. But he's not so good that, like, you don't want to hedge your bet, right? Yeah. Like you you want to get another guy just yeah, in case, Yeah, you definitely right? want to bring okay. somebody else in, yeah. um, you know, someone that can come in ready to play as well. Yeah. Um, and also can be a hybrid. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I think that's. I I don't think he's a starting quality left tackle that you can put out there for sixteen games yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd like to see. A, I know he, he's improved. He can be. You're he, saying, yeah. I, he, yeah, yeah, he could be. Uh, how many games I, did I he play? I mean, he stepped in and played at least what about eight games? Was? Yeah, it was about half the season. Almost. Yeah, half the season. Yeah. yeah so out. I mean, you yeah. know, he stepped in and did his thing, man. I mean, he did a really good job. And I mean, he took his lumps. Yeah, he, oh, he, <laughs> he took his lumps. That, and and that again, Panthers game. It's was just not great. stuff that you just even the Super Bowl. Yeah, you James just yeah. there's stuff that you just have to go through as a tackle. You, you know, you just have to go through it, and you learn from it. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. It's good to Dominic in uh, Jacksonville. What's up, Dominic? Oh, what's going on? Yeah, down there in Duval. <laughs> Duval. <laughs> yeah, what's on your mind today, bud? My bad, Dominic. Oh, we man. threw y'all. Oh, Definitely at 32, we've got to take if he's there. Justin Reed, safety. Oh, there it you is. Know. So let's wait. Let's lock it in. Dominic from Jacksonville, Florida says it's Justin Reed, safety from Stanford. And uh, I love that pick, Dominic. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. After Fletcher Cox and Jordan Hicks, I really do believe Malcolm Jenkins is the most important defensive person. Uh, not only leadership-wise, but just the versatility he has. And Justin Reed, you know, he's going to offer that same skill set, and it'd be great to have him learn and shadow Malcolm the last two, three years that Malcolm will have a good, productive football. Yeah, and but, you know, uh, I, don't think, I don't think you should pass on that. No, and Dominic, I, that's that's another guy that I'd be okay with. I know that I was pounding the table for Darius Geis there, but in the same way that you know, you're you're explaining, like, hey, Malcolm's. Malcolm doesn't have a lot of shelf life left here, and they ask him to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Justin does a lot of things at Stanford. More importantly, over anything, this kid is incredibly smart. Like, not just like, oh, he went to, great, he's got an engineering degree. No, no, no. This kid, double majors, uh, while he's doing all this different stuff, he's so versatile. They put him everywhere. He's played in, he's played out, he's played safety. He can do anything. That is exactly what Malcolm Jenkins is. Uh, he's a guy that tackles really hard, too. I love Justin Reed here, BLJ. So he's a nerd. He's a nerd. Just he's like a, us. He's a total nerd, so he fit right in. And <laughs> huge gamer, although he kind of likes uh, Call of Duty over Battlefield, which is, you know, come, one, I mean, come one on. One thing I'll say about Justin Reed that I kind of wonder about is just the, you know, the relationship that kind of seemed a little fractured between his brother, Eric Reed, and Malcolm Jenkins. Like, I don't know if that's enough for the Eagles not to take him, but, like, yeah. it's a thing to kind of, like, wonder about or file away. Definitely, for sure. And, uh... Uh, Dominic, yeah, what, uh, are, are any expectations going into next season, by the way? Um, expectations, I'm definitely, you know, I mean, we got to get a second ring. You know, yeah. I hope my yes. boy Carson Obviously. comes back, you know, 100%. Um, so he can get know, his but, second uh, ring as well. Isn't that right, BLJ? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just kidding. Get his second understand. ring, but be a first-time winning quarterback. Ah, okay. Yeah, see, there it is. You know my market there. BLG, I wanted to give you a shout-out. You know, this morning when I was driving to work, you know, I'm listening to episode 310, and then you read my review that I wrote it for BGN the other day. So definitely I appreciate it. That actually. Oh, uh, man, that's awesome. We appreciate that, man. Thanks <laughs> Thank for you, tuning brother. in. I appreciate that. And you can hear uh, BGN Radio number 310, episode 310. Just look in the uh, BGN Radio feed at BGN underscore radio, where apparently Brandon Lee Gowton likes to record things in a broom closet. It was an accident. And you can leave a review, <laughs> by the way, if you go to BGN Radio on iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Yeah, like, just like our friend Dominic did. It was an accident that you recorded it in a broom closet? Well, I, I say that, but, you know, like he <laughs> went through his computer mic rather than the actual mics that we use. So, ah, you know, therefore okay. it does sound like one. All right, let's go to Patrick in Western PA. Patrick, what's up, bud? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Of course. Uh, do you have a, a selection in our BGN Radio mock draft? Yeah. Okay, hold on one sec. Hold on, I'm going to set this up properly now. Patrick from Western PA at 32 selects. Justin Reed. Justin Reed again. That's two for Justin Reed. I love this. And what? I think that's. I don't think that's what's gonna happen, but that's what I would like to see happen. uh, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily off the table because, just like you said, I mean. Uh, and, and at 32, literally anything can happen because once you start to get even to 2021, 20, 22, we've seen this numerous times. We've seen it even here in Philadelphia where, you know, that's, that's reach mode. That's like, Hey, we're not going to get back to the top end of the second round. Nobody wants to wheel and deal with us or we don't have enough resources to go and do it. So we're just going to take Dion Buchanan right now. Mm-hmm. That's our guy. Uh, and then I'm working out or Marcus Smith and everybody's very disappointed and nobody knows what just happened. But, uh, I don't, I don't think he's. I think he probably will be there at at thirty two as well, Patrick. You know, is there uh, besides Justin Reed? Is there another guy that you could uh, you'd be okay with? Well, I think what might happen. I mean, and maybe the more you hear about a guy and how we like it, and maybe that's more of a smokescreen than an actual what's going to happen. But the Darius Geis thing, I think he'd be a great player, but it scares me because taking a running back there. But you, you need to have a partner to trade out of the first round and. I've read a lot of reports that there's a lot of a lot of teams late in that first round that are going to be begging to get out. So, you know, maybe Howie doesn't have the leverage to get out of the first round and if he's sitting there and his last first round graded guy on the board, mm-hmm. he has to make a pick as various guys, and maybe he has to make that pick. And then if, if that was to happen, I have a question. Or even if they somehow got out to the third round and pick up a Penny or a Royce Freeman or somebody in the third round, would there be a potential surprise trade of Jay Ajayi then maybe later for a fourth or fifth round pick? I mean, I don't, and I understand the thinking, Patrick, and that makes a, a lot of sense. Uh, but I'm, I would certainly not feel comfortable, even though I liked him. I think Rashad Penny's had the weirdest movement on the draft board. You know, San Diego State. So obviously, here we're all going to get a little worried because the last guy that they drafted Which is from there. Silly. Uh, yeah, no, never logo scout. It's it's why Nelson Aguilar is is what he is because everybody's oh USC no no good skill players come from there. Even though the statistics tell you that you gotta gotta stick with that. Rashad, really? Rashad, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No skill positions. Uh, the the last one outside uh, the the this is Reggie Bush now. For, well, well, I mean, meh. Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, it went from Keyshawn to, <laughs> to Reggie to Nelson Aguilar, and that's like the okay. three that kind of stick out the most. Carson Palmer, I guess, is is in there uh, as well. But um, I, I there is so many uh, different uh, movements with this kid, and I don't really understand why uh, to a degree. But certainly with Royce Freeman, no matter how you feel about these guys, I wouldn't necessarily feel great about trading Jay Ajayi just for fourth, fifth round. You know, no. unless you're, mm-hmm. unless you're getting a 
The only r- way that you would trade JJ if it is a monster return in terms of player for player, and it wouldn't something, be. and it he's on be. the last year of his deal. Yeah. There's injury concerns. Yeah. I think his value to the team in this one year is higher than anything you're going to get for him. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Yeah, for, yeah. for sure. So uh, the more the merrier. Although I, I I could see them doing that as well, and that's it is when we talk about running backs, we talk about offensive tackles. I think there's a lot of depth. I don't think there's a lot of big time talent in in those. I don't think this is like a a, a surefire as you know uh, Trey's favorite prospect, Orlando Brown, was supposed <laughs> to be kind of that guy, and now everybody's just kind of scared and dancing away from him. So uh, there's a lot of different options as you move along in the into day three of this draft, where you know they could identify a lot of those guys in the same way that they've pretty much been doing for a while. That's do you guys have a, 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 I mean, I certainly do. I have a ton of confidence now in what Joe Douglas and what the, in Howie Roseman have kind of put together. They're used to this already. This mm-hmm. is, and now Joe wasn't there for the, when Carson Wentz was drafted, but uh, the, for just showing me what he, what they were able to do and how they're continuing to develop these players like Mac Hollins. And uh, I, I kind of maybe a little bit higher on Shelton Gibson than I should be. Uh, I I like their their selections thus far and where their minds at at least when it comes to these day three guys. Definitely. So I think that you have some confidence that they can do kind of do that again. Just go find that one starter out of uh, out of the day three there. BLG. I mean, the Eagles do have the executive of the year. That's, <laughs> yeah, so that, yes. so that's a good do. thing going for them. I think you look at last year's draft. You feel pretty good for the most part. We got out of that like Derek Barnett. You're like, all right, that's a pretty good pick. Sidney Jones has the potential to be an awesome pick. We'll see. Uh, Rizal Douglas showed something as a rookie, like so. You, you you saw the the first draft class of Joe Douglas and Howie Roseman together, and I think it'll be interesting to see if some of those trends continue. That's something to keep an eye out for this year. Last year, you looked at the kind of guys they brought in; they weren't necessarily the most athletic in terms of like they didn't blow up the combine. A lot of the the this, the common theme with the players they drafted last year were guys Our who GE produced. So that is something to keep in mind when you're looking for targets for the Eagles this year. Absolutely. And uh, um, I believe you and I are going to fight next because I've heard BLG's kind of selection where he goes, and I don't agree with it at all. 888-729-9494. That's some Cowboys news. All that coming up next right here on BGN Radio. There's Brian Phillips are hurt. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We are just about halfway through the first annual, because I don't think we did this last year, the first annual BGN Radio mock draft. Want to hear from you. 888-729-9494. What position, what player are you uh, looking forward uh, to the Eagles to uh, get back to the uh, Super Bowl? John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gowton, Trey Thomas, all here with you. 888-729-9494. Our other selection on the Twitter.com, which you can find us at BGN underscore radio. Would like to see them draft an outside linebacker with cover skills. Uh, if they're not there, then trade down and, and get a second and fourth. And then just, you know, uh, best player available as we like to throw down away. That's coming from Les with a bunch of numbers behind it. Uh, outside linebacker is kind of a little bit still up in the air. BLG Michael Kendricks is still here. What's the deal? Come on, man. You're trying to say that uh, every every year Michael Kendricks is gone. But again, unless there's a draft move coming or a late, uh, late thing coming, I don't. I don't You're see playing them a dangerous game. Playing, not, I am. There's plenty of offseason left. I said he's going to get traded before the trade deadline. So okay. I have until All right. October. All right. Because I think that could be it. But um I I you know, I think 
when you look at the linebacker position, it's kind of interesting because they signed Nigel Bradham to this quote unquote five year, 40 million deal, but it's really only if they really want to get after out of it after one year, they can. And they, I don't think they will. I think it's probably more of a two year yeah. kind of deal, but you have him there. Uh, he's going to be 30 after this season, I think. Then you have Jordan Hicks, who I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens with that because he's playing on the last year of his deal. He can't stay healthy, but when he is healthy, I think people almost forget how good this guy is. Like before he got hurt last year, he wasn't playing so awesome. I think he kind of had some nagging stuff going on throughout the year, but like the couple seasons before that, when he was healthy, he was awesome. Like 2016, just as recently as then, he was great. I think he's one of the top cover linebackers in the game now. So do I. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. Then you have these guys that you brought in, like a Corey Nelson, a Paul Warlow. You still have Nate Gary around. I think those kind of guys you can kind of mix and match to be that weak side linebacker to play only about 30% of the snaps because, honestly, that's what they – the Eagles really only use two linebackers primarily. Mm-hmm. At least they have under Jim Schwartz. So I, that's why I think Kendricks doesn't fit in because you're looking at all those guys. Just think about the names I said, Bradham, Hicks. Uh, you're looking at Kamu Grujay Hill. That's your special teams guy. You're looking at Nate Gary. You're looking at and you backup know, Corey kicker. Nelson. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and exactly. <laughs> That's already five or six guys right there. So I don't see where Kendricks is fitting in still. Now, Trey, you're kind of back and forth with Jordan Hicks, right? You're you're looking for more of a of a of a guy that can just get in there and be a little a little bit more of a of a bruiser, right? And not yeah. necessarily a Jordan Hicks type well, of stuff. It's just because of the era of football that I guess I came up in, you know, where you know when I when I when I look at a middle linebacker, and I was just out there playing golf with with Trot yesterday, man. And Trot was just my ideal middle linebacker, just someone that just was, you know, coming to just come and take your head off. Mm-hmm. And he looked like he would come and take your head off. You know, I did, that's that's what I like to see from my middle linebacker. I, you know, Jordan Hicks seems like he's a really cool guy. <laughs> Is awesome that a nice player. way of saying like? Yeah, I mean, ah! <laughs> really cool guy, great player, he is extremely a really guy. athletic, really yeah. good guy. Does a lot of really smart guy. Yeah, too, yeah. really smart guy. Uh, but you know, just for me, I just like my middle linebackers to just be ext- a little more juice. Is just, that what you're just nasty. A little more nasty. In it. Extremely nasty. See, I think Jordan's an underrated nasty. And that doesn't. Uh, I get what you're saying. I yeah, so, you know, it's, 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 it's was downhill. Yeah. He was a killer. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like if you as as a guard, that was if you weren't looking, Trot was coming to take your head off. Yeah. And that's just the type of player that he was. And, like, running backs, he was coming to kill running backs. And, I mean, that's how he played. It wasn't all these little leg tackles. We're coming in and trying to run through somebody. And that's, I, you know, when I look at that type, I, I like that style of middle linebacker. You know, and that's just me. But I think Jordan Hicks is a good player. Well, I, I got to say the style of football is certainly it's changing. Different. And yeah. just like BLG said, it's weird to have almost like a – a 5-2 look sometimes or like a 4-2-6 or like, you know, it's yeah. it's starting to get like Buddy Ryan was really ahead of his time. If that's like, actually, it's a passing league now yeah. and we need to go back to that, even though that 4-6 was to, to get in there and stop the run and do all that stuff. What uh, also is is becoming, uh, I would say, not a not a trend, but well, it is a trend. It's just in the worst kind. The Cowboys cap management has been awful for years and it's starting to finally catch up to them in a lot of different ways. I feel like it. you, you can point that out in several different seasons, especially now that to BLG, what is, what is it right now that the Cowboys are paying Tony Romo to broadcast for CBS? Is what, it $8 I million? Might, I might just mention all of it here. And yeah, well, well I, hold off on that. Okay. Because, so that's already happening, right? <laughs> and this is the thing I, I do not understand. Anthony Hitchens, from, uh, it moves on to Kansas City. 
Right, and it, it probably got overpaid a little bit oh, too. Oh, definitely, yeah. But that's another guy that is part of their core, 25 years old, got to depart from. Then you trade for a fullback, and if this timeline's not exactly correct, it's fine, but it's it's definitely in there. Then you decide to keep Jason Witten when you could just cut him free, there's no penalty, and even have, what is it, three and a half more million dollars added to your cap. And you waited this long, this long into free agency. Uh, less than two weeks before the draft where you're keeping Des Bryant in the dark and then all of a sudden you're just like, actually, bye. And it was the quickest meeting ever yesterday. There's no phone call. There's no nothing. So what do the currently right now the Cowboys have on their cap that they're not that they're playing uh, paying guys not to play for them? So the Cowboys are paying Tony Romo. And this is obviously this is in terms of cap space, not cash. Anyway, Tony Romo, $8.9 million this year. Again, he's Ding. broadcasting. Uh, Des Bryant, eight million dollars this year. Dang. Might play in the NFC East if he wants to. Uh, Cedric Thornton, two point five million dollars. A former hey, Cedric. Eagle. How are you, buddy? <laughs> Nolan Carroll, another former Eagle, hey. two million dollars. Only played like four games for the Cowboys last year. And then Benson Mayoa, who was like a, a backup defensive lineman, for one point one million. That is a total of twenty two point five million dollars in dead cap. And by the way, if you want to compare that. Like, what can you actually do with $22.5 million mm-hmm. of cap space in the NFL? Oh, that can get you Fletcher Cox, Mike Wallace, and Corey Clement. <laughs> wow. No big deal. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, Corey's a, but yeah, no, that counts. It's a UDFA. I mean, that's yep. that's an amazing mismanagement of, of cap constantly, time and time again. And now, Trey, you know, Des is just going on the on the wine tour. What do you think oh, about oh, his that? His feelings are hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Des Bryant's feelings are hurt. He is pissed, and, and you know, and I get you know. One thing you cannot do is take it so personal in this business. I mean, you Not know, too late for that. Oh yeah, I mean, the only people who don't have to worry about getting cut around here are the owners. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> other than that, you're just renting space over at the at, at the facility. So you know, but I, and his feelings are hurt, and he's like, "Look, I want to stay here. I I wouldn't be surprised." If Des Bryant is looking at the teams around and he's like, you know what? I want to go to Philly. Oh, that's exactly I what he said. I want to go to Philly. So, I want to see them twice a year. Reportedly, that's exactly he what said he, said. he said. He said it himself. He said it himself. I want to yeah. be doing that. He retweets everybody. And the funniest thing that I see is Chris Mortensen an hour later go, so about that, Washington, the Giants, and the Eagles are not interested yeah. in touching any of this and the, the team that lets you go say goodbye. So, uh, congratulations to Des Bryant on his career because you're going to end up in Oakland and get overpaid by John Gruden. And um, I don't know more. But would you, you. you want to bring someone like if if, if we no. could? Absolutely not. I don't care if he Why? plays for free. Why? Because he's washed and he's a head case. Like it yeah. is. He's needed handlers. He's needed all this stuff. He's the same guy, and he's going to be 30 years old in the next season, which, again, sounds like he's going to retire in in Arizona or Oakland slash Las Vegas when it's all said and done. So uh, Baltimore is interested in Des. Whatever it is, it's not even in the NFC. Forget the NFC East. Nobody wants to touch him. I don't know, man. You know, because I think that this coaching staff does a really good job of managing their players. And I don't, and I don't know mm. Dez Bryant personally. I don't know him. I, I, you just see how he is on the sidelines, and you see the little antics and all of that little silly stuff. But you know, I would love to. He seems like one of those pe- kind of people that is taking this personal and would do some self reflection to come back ready to go and would do whatever it takes to burn Dallas 
And I would love to have someone we'll like that. We'll get into that because I couldn't disagree more. So <laughs> I they, see him going to Washington and doing exactly what Trey just said. <laughs> but Washington's not interested. Not, and that's what's this great. This is exactly it a it, Dan Snyder type move. I know. Yeah. It totally is. Totally is. <laughs> Most thanks for putting us in the first hour. Kevin Keenan coming in. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94. For WIP. Yes, do not adjust your ears. Trey Thomas actually suggested I wouldn't mind bringing in Des yeah. Bryant. Why not? To the Philadelphia Eagles. Just to, yeah. just to ham it in there. Just someone that's upset with Dallas. But those moves never work. So okay. never work. And DeMarco Murray, then you have a lot of spite in there. And Chip Kelly's like, but yeah, we're going like to pay Des a bunch Bryant. of money. Des Bryant's feelings are really hurt. Like he's a ve- <laughs> like I, I could see us coming to going into Dallas, and Des Bryant just runs out on the field, go and flips over the Salvation Army container that they keep out there, <laughs> and then go slap the hat off a of rowdy, and, and just have stand a, in the middle of yeah, the star just, like Theo did, yeah, yeah, with just so much aggression, and just go after every ball and try to run over everybody and score and put it all in Jerry Jones' face, why would you not want to bring that in? Well, uh, I mean, for one, if they were giving out one-day contracts, if yeah, he said one-day contracts, yeah. two days. We need <laughs> yeah, two, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, Baltimore, yeah, that'd be awesome if you could if you could loan players in between divisions. Yeah, just a like, soccer thing. I, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, guys, uh, just for one game, can we, uh, can we play against the yeah, Cowboys? we just need All this. right, for that, for that, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm down with it. But please keep him away from, from everything that the, <laughs> yeah. everybody does. But I mean, as Moshe was saying, though, like, BLG, wouldn't it like, isn't it weird that Washington Washington has no interest in this guy because that's like a total them move. Yeah. I mean, they, they signed Orlando Skandrick after the Cowboys cut him earlier this season and another <laughs> and, Washington and kind of player. And thank you, by the way, yeah, for doing so that. So maybe actually, yeah, but I don't know. Uh, I think I kind of hope Dez does do well where he goes because unless it's in the NFC, obviously. Yeah, if he stays in the AFC, I'll be rooting for be, him, kind of. Be, because there were some rumors out there. We don't know for sure that kind of Dak had a hand in him being gone. So I I would just love, I would love it though. I would love him just being like Dak being like, Oh, I gotta get this guy out of here. And then he does well. And then Dak struggles. So (laughs) that's, that's my thing. All I know is that Cowboys Twitter is absolutely on fire and people kind of start to think that way. So, well, well, Dak Prescott better be right about this. If he's got a hand in it, I'm like, I don't know. What are you talking about? This brain hasn't been good in, Two years, you know, like that. That's the funny thing about the Cowboys is this was the right move. And part of that is because of Dak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, part of that is. And Jason Garrett and everybody else. And I think there's, you know, there's an internal line struggling. Yeah, yeah, which is is another weird thing. And hey, how about that? After last year, you heard it right here on BJN Radio after Lyle Collins gets moved to right tackle. We all said it was a bad idea. And now they smartened up and they're moving him back to guard. So uh, thanks a lot, John. Yeah. So (laughs) appreciate that. Uh, 888-729-9494, BGN Radio, John Barchard, Trey Thomas, Brandley Gowton from BleedingGreenNation.com, and uh, we'll go to David in Cali. What's up, David? The Dallas Cowboys being so terrible at managing their money makes me feel like a better person. <laughs> it does, <laughs> yeah, David. It is. It, it's amazing. It, it honestly does. Like, have, have any of the three of you seen the movie Dunkirk? I haven't yet. No, I have not okay. seen Dunkirk. I have not seen that yet. Not yet. Wow. Okay, so my reference has no use. <laughs> I'm sorry. Way to go. Listen, I will go and watch it tonight. I'm going to put. I'm writing that down right now. Dunkirk. James uh, Seltzer. Uh, I can hear him yelling at us. What? You've <laughs> never seen it? <laughs> yeah. He would be with but, you, David. Either way, there's 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 a shot near the end of the movie of a 
of a plane that's been that's been grounded and it's been lit on fire and like oh great you're right you ruined the end of the movie no i appreciate it thank you that's that's not (laughs) spoiler it's not a spoiler (laughs) i said it's a shot near the end of the movie okay at the end of the movie okay um but it's a beautiful shot of this plane that is on fire and like that's the way i feel like the dallas cowboys are the magnum opus of a dumpster fire like (laughs) The, like, you can say the Cleveland Browns are a dumpster fire, but, like, at least they try. Like, they have a strategy. The Cowboys are just like, here, here's $22 million. We don't need it. It's fine. It's like, cool. Congratulations on being third in the NFC East next year. Yeah, so I, happy for I, you. I tend to feel that way, too. I don't know anymore. Like, the, the, the between this, David, and between, like, what the Giants are – there was an article that came out about them. It's like everybody's befuddled on what they're going to do with pick two, and uh, I, I don't, I don't see this, this changing very quickly like it did for for the Eagles. I, I don't, uh, and and it may be because we're drinking the, what, the Super Bowl the, champagne. What the Giants? What the Giants are going to do? Just everybody, everybody. I have no yeah. idea who's coming in second in this division because it's certainly not going to be the Eagles. I, I don't I, know. I don't know either. But I think one of the things about Des, like this is. If he did come to Philadelphia, it would be, I feel like it would be the inverted Terrell Owens. Cause it's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, if he comes to Philly, like what if it, just imagine like this would never happen. Cause I mean, even though Des is washed up, he does have some value. Mm-hmm. Like if Des like dropping balls a, are being overthrown by Dak Prescott. Yeah. There's some value. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. Des <laughs> is the guy who dropped the ball. That's right. Um, yes. And Zach and Zach Ertz and Corey Clement caught it. Yeah. For that's the record. true. But yeah. For uh, the record. All those things yeah, are it, true. Exactly, and the Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Mm-hmm. Also, also true. Like that. That's that's a confirmed. That's three fact. boxes we've I catched in there. Yeah, there it is. Uh, but if Dez signed here for the veteran minimum, and I mean, Dallas a, Cowboys I, come I, up here, like I, I know, David, matter. but that's a like that's our that's our favorite thing to do. It's like, well, if he signed for the vet minimum and just uh, went on and uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, he's not going to sign for the minimum. No yeah. way. that's not happening. Yeah. I also like the narrative where he's like, oh, I would totally take a pay cut to like, eh, actually, uh, you know, back in December, I said I never was going to. They never offered one or yeah. any of that stuff. So uh, it, it's it's hilarious. Like, and I'm serious. Like, the rest of the NFC East, I just shrugged my shoulders. Washington reverted back into itself again. Uh, the Giants are still kind of what they are. And, like, I still don't know why people are getting excited over Pat Shermer. Maybe I'm missing something. There was a point in time where I I might have when Chip Kelly got fired and said, okay, uh, let's keep uh, Bradford and and Schumer together. And then I came out of that coma and thank God that I did. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I just I don't I don't know what's happening with the uh, the rest of the NFC East here. It's 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 but I'm enjoying every moment of it. So eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. We're gonna get to BLG selection in just a little bit as we're doing some mock drafting. We're making fun of the Cowboys and uh, doing a lot of other fun stuff. Let's go to James in Florida. What's up, James? How you guys doing? Good man. Fantastic. Well, uh, Trey, once we've won like three, four Super Bowls, then then we can start signing the Des Bryants of the world and start experimenting. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's, the, that's the Patriots level of that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. you bring in a troublemaker. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get to that point. But, uh, no, no um, well, I was going to say, at least with a little bit of, little bit of draft talk. Um, oh, yeah. Do you, James, do you have a selection uh, for us? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, James from Florida uh, from the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, which I forgot to do this entire hour, uh, James from Florida selects. Uh, they trade the pick. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, no, pig. that's 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 been uh, in an interesting uh, topic there because again, they don't have yeah. they don't have a day two pick. Why do you think it's best well, to move back here, James? Well, it's I mean, kind of the same narrative of you know trying to recoup some draft capital. And John, I know I know you hate trading back. N- not that's in this like, not in this case. Thirty two is, okay. is is total trade back. Yeah. All right, but uh, then again, it's just. Uh, if, if there's somebody there that they absolutely love, then go for it. I, I have, um, I have no issue with you know them taking it, uh, you know Justin Reed or that the goalie. I mean linebacker Vander Esch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see, <laughs> nice. That's a that's very well put. They need a Vander Esch. The Flyers need a Vander Esch, by the way. But you know Brian, <laughs> Brian Elliott was pretty good last night. Yeah. Really good last night. That's true. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and uh, and not knocking in goals as they go through the goalie paint. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I and James and uh, we appreciate the call, buddy. That's been uh, brought up a few times now, BLG, and I think the ultimate time, no matter, and I would even say, no matter who's on the board, if Lamar Jackson somehow gets down to thirty-two, which you know it's silly season because now I'm seeing articles that he's he's tanking uh, the draft process to go and land with the Patriots, but whatever. If Lamar Jackson is there, which the Eagles have had an official visit with, not that you know means really much of anything, but I think there's a humongous opportunity to go and trade back if Lamar Jackson is still on the board because there's going to be somebody there that misses out. And most of the mock drafts I've seen so far, it goes one, two, three with the quarterbacks, uh, depending on who they like. There's going to be somebody there that probably wants like a Denver or somebody that is going to call the Eagles and be like, we want Lamar Jackson. What's it going to take? Well, we saw that with Teddy Bridgewater yep. back in what, 2014 when he fell there and the and the um, the Vikings traded up at that point to get him. So it's possible. And, and the value of doing that too is not only you're getting your quarterback, you're getting him locked into that fifth year option, which has some value. And that's the appeal of, of the Eagles, you know, potentially getting something for that pick. And, and you look at history when teams do trade down from that range of the, the late first round, usually get a second and some kind of early fourth. Uh, it's not anything too much bigger than that, so that's something to keep in mind. Like That's the reasonable expectation to have there. I do think, I, I go back and forth on this, I really do, because I think you know there, there's definitely, there has to be a situation where the Eagles are picking at 32 and there's a player they love there. Like They, just, they love this guy and they want to get him. But there's, there's, I think... I've gone through some mock draft situations, some scenarios where there's just nothing kind of like you don't really love anything there. And that's the point, I think, where you're trying to, to look back and, and they're like, all right, we have uh, like three or we have like, you know, five of these guys that we kind of don't all feel strongly about. But uh, so let's move back a little bit and just kind of pick up one. It's kind of interesting because when you think about the TV experience and everything too, and that's not something the Eagles are concerned about, obviously. But when you're thinking about like watching this, it's going to be interesting because you're waiting all night, and it could be like midnight by that point, and they're going to be like, <laughs> "Oh, well, we traded out," and then, and, then, and then you're not going to get to have that experience. But on the other hand, you know, if they don't do that, if they don't trade and they stay at 32, then they might not have that day two pick. That's true. So it's kind of like. It's kind of it's a really back and forth thing. I think they're I think that's something honestly they're probably still debating and trying to figure out like all right, do we move? Do we stay where we are? Do we move? It, it depends how things shake out. I'm sure they're going to be prepared, but you know, it's kind of a, uh it's an interesting dilemma for them. Definitely. And and just like uh I think you and James brought that up on the podcast too where it just it'd be nice to have the first official pick with you know somebody that is saying from the Super Bowl uh champion Philadelphia Eagles instead of Roger Goodell. 
Uh, you know, that's when you can get Eric Allen and those guys involved down in Dallas. 888-729-9494. Let's go to Tom in Abington. What's up, Tom? Johnny D. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Uh, Mr. Trey Thomas, always a pleasure. All right. Hey, BLG. What's going on? <laughs> hey, I like it. Oh. Hey, BLG. <laughs> well, Brandon, I love you, man, but when my name oh. pops up on that board, I feel you cringe through the uh, phone lines. <laughs> why, why I, don't th- I don't think so. He wasn't cringing yet. Oh, we don't always see eye to eye. Probably okay. hardly, hardly ever, but hey, it opens up dialogue. That's why you guys are in this, right? That's right. Yes. Exactly. Tom, do you, okay. have a, do you have a selection for us here? Well, you know what? I, I'm all for protecting the quarterback, so I'm leaning towards O-line. But, you know, a good running game, that protects the quarterback in a way as well. So I'd be okay with that. But I, I don't think Howie Splash has finished playing in the pool. I, I think he's going to make a trade either prior to the draft for some second, third-round pick or multiple. Uh, and if that doesn't work out, I, I feel he's going to trade down. Yeah, I, I, I'm, that makes sense, too. And who – I mean, that's the other thing I keep trying to figure out is if that is possible, who's the person? Who is the thing? What's the thing that they are going to trade and and, right. and go get some and stuff? As, Michael Kennedy. As time, <laughs> as time moves forward, you know, your choices become limited. But, again, it's, it's Howie Roseman. Who trades for a running back midseason and then goes on to win the Super Bowl? Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, there you go. Right. That is it. <laughs> the number one exec in the, in the game. That's yeah. right. Uh, well, and that was kind of a need there too, Tom. And I, pre- yeah, it's a good point. I appreciate the call. Like, we we were all screaming at that point. It's like they have to do something. Got to do something. They, they got to get a guy and create his own yards. Got to get a guy and create his yards. And they did. Like they they knew exactly what was happening. And mm-hmm. uh, and they you know they unfortunately, if you're going to nitpick on everything anything from they did from last year, there was a great running back class, and they kind of whiffed so far. So. That's uh, that's where it was absolutely necessary there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey, do you think there's going to be any movement before uh, the the draft actually happens? you think they pulled the trigger on something? You just never know. You know, um, like you say, you had the uh, Michael Kendricks thing floating out there a little bit. Yeah. Um, I could see them possibly making some moves uh, to try to get a, get a second-day pick or even trading back, you know, just to see – you know, if 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 you don't see what you need out there, you know that thirty second pick. Um, do they but, do the unexpected and trade up? No. For who? I don't know, but uh, how? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just don't. Do they do they offer the their force? Do they offer their force and something to get mm. back into day two as opposed to? I think they're so you know, tight on cap space. Like you're looking at the future, you need those picks. You can't just. It's not all just about immediate impact. Like you have to build some depth. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's part of why they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. They had ample depth. Mm-hmm. Wonder if you're just you know talking about surprises and things like that. You're always a trade up guy. That's why. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not yeah, always. Yeah, I'm not yes, always. Yes, you are. This is a different. Yes, this is, you are. Where, you this were is last year for sure. Yeah, of course. Because well, this is this. You're in the, the teens. You're in the teens. This is 32. Like you're yeah. good. You just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. gets thrown out of the, the, the old Johnny's gone with that. I mean, uh, if they're going to end up uh, in the in the lower rung of 25 to 32, then it's a whole it's a whole different ball game. Let's go to Bob in Wilmington. What's up, Bob? Trey, you're my favorite seven hole, but I wouldn't let Des Bryant in the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> only, only for work purposes. Only yeah. for work uh, purposes, man. Out. I'm yeah. talking about. We just want somebody to come in there and slap the hat off a of rowdy man. <laughs> well, you know, it's like Monopoly when you're in jail or you're just visiting. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're visiting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I got a guy that I'd, I'd like very much, oh, and I'd like to give let, you my reason. Let, let me let, let me set you up here properly, Bob. Bob from Wilmington with the uh, 32nd pick 
Bob uh, selects for the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Maurice Hurst. Yeah, How about that? I like that. That is uh, well, that, I, well, go I ahead. think he's got a chance to fall because of some health concerns, but uh, I don't think that they are a big deal. Um, and I hate to say this because I was really in favor of this when it happened, but obviously NADA is a one-year deal. Uh, Tim Jernigan didn't look like much to me the last five or six games of the season. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was his ankle or if he was carrying around all that money that he got from, uh, uh, from Howie, but uh, Bennett, Bennett's situation is up in the air, um, and he's older anyway. He's 33 years old. That's right. Uh, uh, and Hurst is a stud. I mean, he is a really, really, really good player. And uh, and it's such won- a great story, too, Bob. I mean, like, the, the fact that he couldn't go to the Combine because it looked like he was having heart problems, and then he got cleared to to do everything else, and... And now he's got, yeah, I mean, I don't, that's it. That's another interesting one because I don't know where he's going to fall to, but I, I would love that at 32, Bob. Well, and I think, I mean, they're going to have to make some moves because they can't sign their draft picks the way it is now. I mean, they're, they're not even 2 million under the cap and they're going to need about four and a half million just to sign their draft picks. That's not counting money for guys that get hurt during a year and stuff like that. So I think there's going to have to be something pretty significant done myself yeah uh, yeah it's still kind of it's still kind of up in the air too like yeah it's uh, and I, I will never ever be worried about cap room ever again no how he's gonna I'm, figure I'm, it out I, i'm sure i'm sure how he's got it figured out <laughs> yeah. um, but, but but something's gonna have to happen and yeah. i'd love to have hearst i just think that he would be uh, uh him next to him next to uh fletcher oh baby oh that, yeah that, I, well that, and now you're ta- bob now you're talking about like and we appreciate the call buddy and I'm 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 in with the make a strength of strength. Obviously, that is not a there's not a need that's immediate nada. because uh, <laughs> it's not a need. Yeah, because of Haloti Nada and the rest of the guys that they have signed in NASCAR package things like that. But if huh. you have the depth of doing that, a defensive tackle in your rotation, I'm you know I'm not going to say no. Yeah, me. yeah. I don't know. What do you think? D tackle? Uh, I I I don't. I, I'm not too sure about that one. Okay. Just because I mean. You know, even though we don't know what's going on with Michael Bennett yet, uh, yeah. with the case, uh, even though there have been some new stuff coming out from from what I was just reading, um, but you know, Fletcher Cox is already your pass rusher. You kind of need someone that's going to be kind of the run stopper. That's where Journey can kind of come steps in and fills that role um, when it comes to having that pass rush. You know, you have defensive ends that can bump down to the three technique with Bennett, uh, BG. And also with uh, uh, Barnett as well, that can go down and, and step into that three technique and can rush. So uh, I'm really not too sure on someone like that. I, mean, he, I I'm looking at some of his highlights. Extremely talented. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, but you know, I, I don't know if he's a good fit for us. Well, we'll keep talking about it. Plus, we want yeah. your draft picks as well. So far, two running backs, two offensive tackles, two safeties, one outside linebacker, one trade back. And Maurice Hurst was the, the last one off the board there. It's BJ and Radio, Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gout, and John Barchard all with you right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Download the Radio.com app and favorite Sports Radio 94 WIP. Then listen to us anytime, anywhere. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, 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 oh. 
It's the BGN Radio Mock Draft Edition right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Brandon's pounding the table. He's sweating. He's knocking over coffee. He's he's calling the Patriots to try and make a sweet deal. Uh, Not actually, but we're still having fun here. 888-729-9494. Trey Thomas along with us as well. I'm John Barcher. You can find us on the Twitter.com at BGN underscore radio, which, by the way, you can uh, you can really deep dive into a lot of this stuff as we have Benjamin Solak, Michael Kist. The Kist and Solak show uh, is now in its 25th episode. A lot of uh, a lot of additions to uh, that. Also on our Patreon page, Benjamin Solak really breaks down uh, some of uh, the uh, prospects that are going into uh, the, this season. Jordan Wilkins, who's a who's a kind of an interesting running back prospect from Old Miss, uh, you get a twenty nine break, uh, twenty nine minute breakdown from him. Just go to BGN or excuse me, Patreon dot com slash BGN Radio. So we it is it has come to the time, BLG. Oh, uh, that uh, we are we're starting to get there, and uh, it, I, I think this might be a, a, a cue for uh, for some new music as Brandon Lee Gowton is officially on the board here and on the clock. So with the thirty second overall pick, the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles select. Jyree Alexander, no! Louisville. No, boo. Boo. <laughs> no. Why? It's not. Here's the thing. Obviously, cornerback, by the way. Yeah, slot cornerback. I, I, it's not just him. I think I'm looking at a couple of kind of similar players here. It's him. It's Mike Hughes from UCF, and it's also Dante Jackson from LSU. Yeah, that's another popular name. It keeps Which, going by up. the way, as you're Two checking visits. off things on a list here, Eagles showing a lot of interest in slot corner types. Combine so, visit and also a private visit yeah, so with uh, Dante, it's definitely not like me just coming out of the, the blue here and like I'm just trying to throw stuff at the wall. Like This is something they're legitimately showing interest in. As I bring up way too often, they tried to resign Patrick Robinson. <laughs> they're showing interest in all these corners. Do you think they feel awesome about Jalen Mills in the slot? Absolutely. I don't feel awesome about Jalen Mills in the slot. Do I think they think you know he could be passable at it or they're going to give him a shot? Yeah. Sure. I don't think they're not going to try it, and I think Jalen Mills, it might work. But I think the fact that they're showing all this interest in guys like this, and you look at Patrick Robinson, and you look at how he played 69% of the snaps last nice. year. And the slot position is almost like a starter in today's they NFL. Are. It is a passing league. Yeah, I mean, it, it is in the sense of like you're you're playing a majority of the time. You're not playing 100% of the snaps, but it's up there. I think you look at what this roster has, and I just don't see any of those cornerbacks, which is a shame because they have so many of them, really fitting in there in the slot. And I think they really want to get that guy to fix that position. And the bonus thing with what I'm talking about with those guys is they can also help you in the punt return game. All Dante right. Jackson, not so much. I take he, away my boo. He doesn't it's have that, that yeah. background, but you, when you look at Alexander or Mike Hughes, they're like they're not just like okay punt returners. They're like dynamic punt returners. You're adding a weapon on special teams and a valuable sub-package defender. Now, look, if Geist is there, I'm taking him. Yeah. I'm with you, Johnny. I'm just yeah. saying I don't know that for sure. I do think one of those corners will be there. I don't know, Trey. I think a, I, I'm going back and forth with this. I understand your reasoning. I don't think it's bad reasoning at all. And it's not that I don't like Alexander. <laughs> it's not that I don't like Dante Jackson either. Alexander, for what it's worth, a top 10 player on the Michael Kiss and Benjamin Solak big boards. Uh, I, I, like, I like that idea. I think that's an opportunity where you can trade back. And one of those guys will be in there in the second round slot corner in the first round. Trey Thomas, your thoughts? Nah, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, not, not in the first round. 
<laughs> but the first. dynamic punt returner part of it is, I think, is a big factor because, you know, you're. we still don't know what Darren Sproles is going to do. Uh, no offense to Kenyon Barner. He's done a fantastic job filling in. But at the same time, you need somebody with a little more speed and a little more juice. So I get that part of it. Fills two of their biggest needs. So how could you? How could I mean, you, someone how has could to be able to play it. slot corner. Someone has to be able to do that. Who? And who? I don't know who's on their practice squad right now. Someone has to be able to do that. And I know it's it's. It, I, and I don't mean to poo poo it, but I mean well, you're saying it's a starter, but then you're just saying well, you can throw anyone in there. <laughs> I'm saying there is so many corners on this team that someone has to be comfortable playing inside. I don't know. I don't know if there is really. I mean, look. I think yes. Again, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying they have someone in Jalen Mills who can do it. But you're looking. It's not just about getting a guy who gets the job done. This could be like, wow, this is a really good player. Go back to what Jeffrey Lurie said during the owners' meetings. What did he say when he was asked about where you won the Super Bowl? What could you improve? Well, he's like, well, a lot of we things. gave up a lot of yeah. points and a lot of yards on defense in the Super Bowl. So that's mm-hmm. where I think their mind is at. They want to improve that defense still. Yeah. Um, I just don't. It doesn't. It doesn't sit right. I'll probably talk myself into it. Obviously, if the if it happens, but. Initially, initially, I'm not a, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of it, BLG. Terrence in North Philly, you're on BGN Radio. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, first off, before I get started, I just wanted to say uh, BGN Radio is the punctuation mark. If y'all don't understand that, then pretty much WIP is the truth, and BGN Radio just make it that much better. I appreciate that, man. Um, Thank you very Trey, much, Terrence. And Trey, I, if nobody told you, uh, you've been a great addition to the to, to the lineup to the to the to the crew, and I've been loving you since you've been on. All right, appreciate that. Um, yeah, this is the first time I've been on with you. But let me get started. First of all, I don't have a draft pick because I don't really dig into uh, college athletics. I depend on you guys for that. <laughs> if y'all say we should pick them, I'm gonna go with y'all. <laughs> we but might be we might be in trouble if that's the case, there, Terrence. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but what I will say, and I'm glad I got on while y'all 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 want the, uh, the subject of corner, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I just had a conversation with one of the homies yesterday about this very same thing. I have more faith in our corners than I do in Jim. Let me tell you why. Than Jim Shorts? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I have more I have more faith in our corners than I do Jim Swift. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. And Trey could probably co-sign this. Back in the Jim Johnson era, and I've heard this from many of the players back then, that Jim Johnson had the he, – he schemed to the qualities of his players, like Brian Dawkins. You get what I'm saying? Uh, Ronald Darby was moved out of Buffalo because he did not fit the very scheme that Jim Johnson tried to make him play. Ronald Darby is a press corner. Sidney Jones in, in college is a press corner. They, they, and, and instead of scheming to their, to their skill set, he, he tried to make them fit his scheme. And, and, and you're going to fail. And, but I believe all, every last one of them corners that's on his roster right now is teachable. I, but they're very coachable. I, I feel like Jalen Mills could probably fit anywhere on the field. He, Oh yeah, Ter- I mean Terrence. He's already he's already a pretty versatile guy, and I appreciate the kind words. And uh, definitely want to echo that Trey being here uh, definitely helps us. And because uh, you it's know we're, awesome. he's uh, he's the experienced one here. We're just we're just throwing <laughs> no, stuff I'm against just the wall. Hanging out, but um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know why in particular Jim Schwartz. Ha- I mean, you you can't play press all the time either, right, no. Trey? I mean, it's just impossible thing to do. Nah, and and, and too, it just goes back to. 
you know, you, you kind of just have to let the player, you put together the scheme, but you don't have the time to really mold the players and get all of that in as like you used to. You know, you have all of these different rules where you have to be off the field at a certain time, they have to be out of the meetings by a certain time, where it helps the players, but it also hurts them a little bit as well because the coaches can't really put that extra time in to get them where they want to be. So you just try to put together a game plan and hope that these guys can go out there and just make it happen. Because you're trying to bring in players that's already as polished as possible because you just don't have the time to develop them and to put that, you know, put that extra work in. Like, I mean, Juan used to get it out of us, man. And, you know, and, and you know, and I think as a player, I would have appreciated uh, the rules that are in play now. But I think at the same time, it kind of hinders you a little bit in your game just because, you know, you just don't have the time to really put in the work. Now, you did a lot of – obviously, you did a lot of this stuff and what we're talking about now yeah. with all these different visits and things like that. Mm-hmm. What was your experience like going from – you know, like, hey, uh, you know, Philadelphia wants to come in and, and visit with you, the yeah. combine interview. What is that whole process like for a player? Oh, it's it's it's, it's fun, exhausting. Man. Yeah, is it's it exhausting. exhausting? Yeah. Uh, like, I, I when I came up here, I flew here. I, um, I did uh, Washington first, where I sat in. Uh, I don't know who the offensive line coach was at the time with Washington, but uh, we went over a couple plays. He sh- sh- drew up a couple plays. I had to flip the plays and run it. You know, show it if it was going to the right, then flip it going to the left or whatever, and then. Um, did a couple things there, and then I came here to uh, Philly. Like when as soon as I got here, and it was probably like around eight o'clock at night. It was dark, and Juan took me out on the field at the vet, and he, he was like, "Hey T, you know, I want to work on some vertical sets with you." And I'm like, "Dude, I'm in street clothes, and, and, and you know, and I'm fresh off of, of a bus ride. Uh, I, how did I, I don't even. I think I took the train or whatever from DC, uh-huh. and uh, he had me out on the vet turf doing vertical sets." You know, and, and then I met with Ray Rhodes and everything, and then um, I I went out to Dallas. Um, I took a trip to Oakland. Were the lights on at least in the no? It was in the dark. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, did, yeah, did Juan yeah. have a flashlight? Or hey something? man, we like, were just out there, man. You know, you, you, your <laughs> night funny. eyes catch on. You know, you hey, just I know out. we've never met before. I'm going to take you into the darkest stadium ever that has yeah. cement for a oh, turf, yeah, and let's yeah. do some vertical. Hey, don't worry sets. about. It. Let's do some oh, vertical sets and great. some jeans and whatever. Just <laughs> cool. you know, in, in whatever street clothes. <laughs> Because he was trying to, because when you have your little personal workouts, the coaches are there and everything, and like Juan kept trying to pull me to the side and wanted to get some extra work with me. And my agent knew of how Juan was, and he was yeah. like, "No, you know, we're done because yeah. I don't it's want you to break." It's just cooking on it. It's just yeah. fine. And, I mean, do it to yeah. everybody. Yeah. Whoa, as whoa. soon as yeah. I got here, Juan was like, "Hey, T, let's go out here on the turf and let's work some sets. It's going to be good. We're going to work vertical sets, yeah. you know." And, but then, and then after that, I um I was supposed to take a trip to St. Louis. But I canceled that trip because they had just drafted Orlando Pace, oh, yeah, and I yeah. knew they weren't going to take me. So I'm like, man, I'm not yeah. wasting that time with that pick. But uh, see, why does that happen though? Like, why would St. Louis call? Well, first of all, Orlando Pace and Trey Thomas as a as a tandem. If you ended <laughs> yeah. up playing right, right <laughs> really tackle, good. would have been amazing. Uh, but why? Why do you think they request those visit, visits anyway? Just to do just diligence. To, you know, it's just like how you kicking around the tires. You just want to see, you know, bring a player in and just see what all is going to work. But I knew that, you know. After meeting with Juan and coming out there and spending that time with Juan, I always knew after I left that meeting, I'm like, man, this is the team where I need to be. This yeah. is the type of coach I need to have. Someone that's going to push me and let me put in that extra work to help me develop into the pro. And I knew that just coming out that this was going to be the right scenario for me. I'm just glad that it worked out. Do you think a lot of first-round guys have that same feeling? Like they know that they're going to be in a certain spot most of the time? Yeah. Or is it still kind of a little surprising well, every now and again? I, I think some guys have a, a good feel for where you are. Um, I knew that coming out, I was uh, one of the top tackles that was going to be coming into the draft. I think uh, uh, who went ahead of me? Uh, Kyle Turley. 
Um, ended up going to New Orleans before me. Pretty and, good career. Yeah, yeah. And then I went, came in at eleven. Uh, but you know, you kind of have a good feel for where you're gonna where you're stacked against everybody else. And then once you start going on the different visits, you start your agent starts talking to people, and you start seeing the different teams' needs. You kind of have a good feel for it. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. It's good to Joe in Plymouth meeting. What's up, Joe? Hey guys, how you doing? I'm good. You, have, uh, you got a pick for us? Yeah, I do. All uh, right, let me let's let's set it up properly again. Joe okay, from Plymouth yeah. meeting with the 32nd selection, your Super Bowl Philadelphia Eagles select. I have a I have a trade, guys. A trade. trade. Okay. First, yeah, tra- yeah. first trade coming in. All right. Okay. I'm gonna. You know, there's a reason Brandon Graham is not signed yet. Ooh, and no, don't you dare. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna package Brandon Graham with the 32nd pick. And I'm gonna move up to around fourteen or fifteen. Wow. I'm gonna draft Mike McGlinchey. Wow. Oh my God! I would be. Oh, Joe, you, I was. Because, so, I was so well. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because with Carson Wentz's injury now, you know, I, you know, I don't think Vitae's a long-term answer there. And you bring McGlinchey in, you got two stud bookends and Lane Johnson and McGlinchey. <sighs> Joe, uh, I appreciate the call, buddy. I'm gonna have to. No. Process that for a moment. I want to talk about why that would be a terrible decision to do. Uh, we'll get into our last segment. We've got Robin Tank coming up at 3 o'clock. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We know it's been hard to find us on the internet. I'm sorry. Problem solved. Listen live. Audio on demand. Podcasts, events, and everything else at the all new 94WIP.com. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We've had one trade back, and then we just got our first trade up of the first annual BGN Radio mock draft with everybody. 888-729-9494. John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gowton from BleedingGreenNation.com. Trey Thomas, you might have heard of him. He might yeah. be, uh, you know, pretty well known as town. By the way, like he is, everybody knows. Talk about me or Trey? Well, both of you guys. <laughs> I mean, the two two tallest men in the room here. Everybody's going to notice you. Uh, Trey gets noticed everywhere. Uh, we did a Phillies broadcast uh, during the week, filling in for uh, Marks and Reese. Yeah, and uh, everybody. Yeah, it's just you know popcorn rolling ar- right around there. And uh, Trey's a man of the people. I, like I am it. a man of the people. Very nice. I like to hang out. So we had our first trade up. It was from our last caller who suggested and got a little got a little spicy because it was Brandon Graham, which everybody was like, <gasps> no, uh, for Mike McGlinchey. Now, even just to get into the teens, uh, I don't think that's enough to swap and then give Brandon Graham because YBLG, he is on, on the last year of his deal. You're going to pay him, year, that's right. 30, or he is 30. That's not going to happen. No, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't think that is significant. Although, I wouldn't be surprised. Surprised yeah, necessarily. Do I, don't, I don't want them to do it. Don't, don't kill the messenger. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised necessarily if that happens. But Mike McGlinchey has been an interesting name here, Trey. Yeah. Uh, one of the ugliest faces I've ever seen in my life. It's okay. But, but he plays <laughs> offensive line. Pretty, pretty good left tackle. And I know they, listen, the book on him, and Mike Mayock loves him mainly because I think he's got ties to the family and he, he'll go to bat with them. He knows how he's a Philly guy, Notre Dame, wears 69. I mean, it writes itself, folks. Nice. I mean, it's it's right here. But uh, I, I think he's got good tape, not great tape, Trey. Uh, yeah. And to jump to jump up with with anything right now, 
he better be the guy, and I'm not sure he can be the guy. Certainly somebody you could develop, but I don't I don't know if he's that that worthy. Yeah, I, I, I don't see him being someone that you would really want to trade up to get. I'm not going to take anything from the kid. I mean, I, oh, he's great. He, he has all the size. He has all of the tools to be a solid offensive tackle. Um, just sitting here watching some of his clips against USC, um, you could just tell just a little bit where he struggles with some inside movement his reaction to things a little bit sometimes. Uh, you have to, you know, kind of react a certain type of way when you get that inside move. You have to be able to force it down. And to me, it just seems like he's a little slow at the feet, just a little, a little times, bit. you know. But, uh, you know, I, I think he would be a solid player, uh, but not someone that I would uh, trade uh, a, a significant player for to go up and move up. Yeah, especially get. with the resources that the Eagles yeah. don't have. No. And it's not worth giving up Brandon Graham no. to do much of uh, anything, really. So, as it is now, but it, that does include three offensive tackles now that people have drafted, mm. two running backs, two safeties, uh, an outside linebacker, one defensive tackle, uh, and one trade back for later as we continue on with Mark and Only. What's up, Mark? Hey, how's it going? Good, bud. I just wanted to say one of the previous callers took my thunder a little bit because I wanted to say if the Eagles want to improve their defense, they should think about getting a different defensive coordinator. <laughs> Is that right? Is everybody kind of out on, on on Jim Schwartz already? I think he's the only defensive coordinator in history to give up 500 yards passing and 600 yards in the game and still win the game. What happened in the NFC Championship game, though? Played pretty Seven well. points. But his philosophy, of, like the previous caller mentioned, of trying to get everybody to fit his scheme, like his scheme is so great, rather than acknowledging the strengths and weaknesses of your personnel, I think that's a flaw. Because, you know, he's, Michael Kendrick is paying the price because maybe he's not the greatest coverage linebacker, but blitz him. I mean, you could put more pressure on Tom Brady if you decide to blitz a linebacker every once in a while. Uh, I don't know, man. You it's, don't it's, blitz it's, Tom you, you Brady. You just don't do it. Yeah, you just don't do it. Yeah, That's and, been the book forever. That and Drew Brees, you just don't blitz them. Yeah, because they will eat you alive. The moment that they see any of that coming, whether it's before, right yeah. at the snap, they know exactly where they're going with the ball. Yeah. Well, I think it's a make it make people bend to you. I mean, you, you're not going to get them if you don't try it. I mean, you got to try it to make it happen. You never know; you could be the first team to blitz Tom Brady successfully. But <laughs> but in general, you got to pause in that way. I Many have tried. Fifteen <laughs> years, you're going to be like, hey, you know what? Tom Brady hasn't seen he hasn't seen Michael Kendricks coming up from the weak side. And, and now, I, yeah. I, to your I point. I think that Michael Kendricks is an extremely talented rusher. He is. He is, he is an extremely talented rusher. I've never seen balance like he has um, when I was there on the, on the staff working with him a couple times on some pass rush stuff. He is extremely talented, very fast. But like you said, a lot of times when it's into the coverage, his reaction to stuff sometimes is just a little not where you want it to be. Yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah, sorry, Mark. We're just yeah. it's getting a little heavy in there. Uh, but – yeah, I don't. I don't think we we kind of get stuck in that and in more or less like yeah. Of course, you've could have done a lot better. I mean, you even said it, Beals. Jeffrey Laurie came out and said we that wasn't great overall yeah. defensively, and it was a a slugfest. And and if I would have told you that Nick Foles and Tom Brady would have as as Trey's given me the you know the or not Trey, my bad. Tank's giving me the sign here. Uh, the I, I really think that comes down to personnel more than it does scheme in that scenario when you're just talking about Tom Brady, what the Patriots were able to do. 
Uh, here's what I'll say about Jim Schwartz. When that Super Bowl was happening, and I thought the Eagles might lose at one point, I was kind of, I was like, I'm done. Like, I, like it was obviously an emotional <laughs> time, thing, time but I was just on. like, just what is this? Like, this is pathetic. Like, this is this is your like you're the guy who wants to be a head coach again, mm-hmm. and like this is your big moment to yeah. kind of like be yeah. on the big stage, and this is what you have. It's not uh, like I get it's Tom Brady, and I'm not expecting him to keep Tom Brady, you know, to like his worst game ever, but he had one of his best games ever, yeah. and it was like you had this defense that looked good in against the Falcons. Did a good job of holding off against them, shut down the Vikings, and then you show up in the Super Bowl and you have all that extra time to prepare. Yeah. And like that was the best thing we could get. Now look, I'm not saying they should fire Jim Schwartz now, but <laughs> but I'm saying what if they did lose that game? How do we feel about him now? Because I think it'd be a lot different. I think he's the scapegoat, or he's you know, he's the you know, everyone blaming him after that game. To the point of you think that the mob mentality would have been enough been if the Eagles decide to let him go, I'd be like, yeah, thank you. I, I some people, yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So to total it all up, uh, yeah, there the the clear winner here is offensive tackle throughout. Yes. And uh, only one vote for uh, slot corner, and that is uh, Brandon Lee Gowden. Even though I understand the, the theory and the method, I just I don't know how I, I would. Uh, well, when I'm right, I'll it. be the only one. So <laughs> that's, that's right. Good. Exactly. <laughs> I told you way back in April that this is exactly what they needed to do. Uh, so uh, Robin Tank is coming up at three o'clock. And uh, they've got you the rest of the way. Any final thoughts, gentlemen, as we're rolling out? Golf game going to improve their tray? Oh, definitely, man. I'm going to hit the driving range today. I don't know. Just going to keep working on it, man. BLG? Let's go Sixers. Let's go Sixers, indeed. As it is playoff time, which I didn't think we'd be able to say for a very long time. But they have done it. And uh, next week, uh, we will actually be at Shiggy and Pete's talking all Sixers because they start at 2.30 next Saturday. So we'll be your pre- and post-game and all that fun stuff. For Trey Thomas, for Brandon Lee Gowton, I'm John Barcher. This has been BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.